Welcome to the Smart Industry Podcast, Remaking Industry, where we dive deep into the tools, techniques, and technologies that are accelerating digital transformation. Okay, thank you for joining us for the Remaking Industry Podcast. My name is Chris McNamara, Editor-in-Chief with Smart Industry. Today, we're joined by Paul Sorico, Fieldcom Group Director of Marketing. Paul, thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Um, real quickly, tell us a little bit about um, who you are and what you do with Fieldcom Group. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, my, as you mentioned, my name is Paul Sorico. I've been with Fieldcom Group for about seven years now, and I'm responsible for um, marketing as well as product strategy. So marketing encompasses both, you know, communications with our members as well as um, promotion and um, messaging to the outside world, the end user base, and then product strategy is largely involved with how we take the numerous technologies that we offer and, and, and that we that we own and offer and productize them and offer them um, to our members in tools and test and registration services and things like that. Excellent. Now, the motto of Fieldcom Group is connecting the world of process automation. Tell me a little bit about um, who and what is Fieldcom Group. Yeah, great. So, so Fieldcom Group is a, um, you know, is it, the name Fieldcom Group has been around for about eight to ten years now, and we were the um, previously we were um, separate entities. One was the Heart Communication Foundation, and the other was the Field Bus Foundation. And together, those two organizations were responsible for two of the leading communication protocol standards that are used in the process automation. Uh, industry. Back in, uh, I think it was 2005, maybe, or maybe a little bit later than that, um, the organizations merged together and became the Fieldcom Group. And we've been operating under that moniker um, you know, for the last 10 years or so. Okay. Um, so let's talk process automation. Um, this world is so rapidly changing. Um, yeah. how, is, how is process automation changing in the past couple of years? And, and, and how do you see it changing in the coming uh, couple of years? Well, you know, it's, it's it's really kind of interesting, and I, I think you know you you know this as well as I do, and it's probably one of the reasons that Smart Industry has uh, is is actually a, a title now in a in a great publication. Um, you know, heretofore uh, the process was mostly focused on simply um, you know creating something, creating gasoline out of oil or electricity out of coal and gas or, um, you know, or developing clean water or, or making beer out of, you know, what, you know, out of water, um, yeast and, uh, you know, and what, and hops and whatever you use. But, right. you know, over the past, um, you know, 10 years, you know, in, in fact, largely driven by some initiatives that um, started in Germany, like um, the, um, you know, the, the the industry 4.0 initiative is is one thing and that has kind of become sort of this digital transformation moniker been encompassed by this digital transformation moniker and you know the whole notion of digital transformation says that well you know all of this information that is available on the field devices and in your process can be used outside of the process to optimize um, your plant and get more return out of your assets and do condition-based monitoring and all these various things, but you need to be able to access that information 
Um, and so, so, so what's, what's really changed in the last 10 years is this notion of taking the, you know, the smart devices that are in your plant and have been in your plant and making that information accessible um, to really kind of create a, uh, you know, a, a smart industry, a smart process automation industry, if you will. How do you like the way I, I, I work that in, huh? <laughs> Pretty clever. I like it. Um, you know, so now we're, we're kind of um, reaching a point and it's, it's, a, it's a spectrum, but of, you know, programs validating themselves and scaling initial efforts and kind of a mainstreaming of a lot of these tools, techniques and technologies here. Um, where do we go? What does the near future look like here? Well, I think, you know, you know, one of the things I've learned for better or worse in this industry is that things move slowly. And, um, you know, we're still at the very infant stage of digitalization in a lot of the process automation sectors. I, I like to talk a lot about oil and gas because that, that happens to be one of the segments where many of our members have large businesses. And, you know, it, it, it takes a long time for those folks to adopt new technology. They have a, a, a very, very large installed base of instruments that support the heart communication protocol, which is one of the protocols that we, um, you know, that we manage and, and own. And, you know, the, the, the effort in, entailed in just getting information out of those heart devices, which had been really difficult previously, is now getting a lot easier. So we're starting to see some of our um, larger end users actually, you know, take much more advantage of the smart information in their heart devices than they had previously. So that's kind of the first step. Obviously, then there's when when you as you're putting in new builds and you're and you're upgrading your existing infrastructure, you want to pay attention to making sure that you are adopting technologies um, that are built for the long haul. You know, you don't want to buy the asset management system version of the asset management system that was available 10 years ago. You want to buy the version that's available now that supports some of the new technologies and some of the new digitalization things that we've been working on at Fieldcom Group in collaboration with others, obviously. Okay. Let's talk about one of those collaborations, um, Fieldcom Group and OPC Foundation. Talk to me about um, that partnership and uh, what's the goal? What's the point? Yeah, you know, we've worked with the OPC Foundation for a long time. Um, the FDI technology that we own, field device integration technology, the FDI standard that we own, it's actually at its core are some um, device information models that we co-developed with the OPC Foundation, gosh, a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, but more, more recently, um, we've collaborated with them on really two specific initiatives. The first one is a um, initiative called PADIM. Now that stands for Process Automation Device Information Model. And so let's parse that a little bit. So it's actually, it's an information model. So it's a way that information is structured and the type of information that's being structured is from devices and it's from devices that are used in the process automation industry. So we've um, we, we co-owned this standard. We, we, we created this standard initially with um, with the uh, OPC Foundation um, about five or so years ago. Um, and it's really become quite um, favored by a lot of organizations in the industry. And a couple months ago we announced that we've extended the ownership of that standard to, uh, numerous other organizations, including Namur, ZVEI, um, 
VDMA, the ISA 100 wireless initiative, um, ODVA, and, uh, and, and Profibus, Profibus International. So okay. um, it's, it, it's a very well-rounded standard that's, that, that allows for an OPC UA server. In this case, that server would be in, a, in, a, in, a, in an edge gateway or perhaps even in a field device to serve process automation device information model information up into um, uh, an OPC UA enabled client that can read and structure and do analytics and monitoring, for example, on that information. Okay. So that's the first initiative. Um, the second collaboration that we've entered into with um, the field with, uh, with, excuse me, with the OPC Foundation is associated with their OPC UA FX um, initiative, which is the field level communication sector of the OPC Foundation. And, and you know, in, for that, you know, for that initiative, um, we both kind of started thinking about what a next generation process automation system might look like in the future. And they started looking at it several years ago from a controller to controller standpoint. So if you two controllers were communicating using OPC technology, what might be the standards and the profiles that you would need to create within the OPC uh, modeling framework to to in, to instantiate that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we were working within Fieldcom Group on a device to controller um, standard for the kind of the same communication. So if a device was speak was was native OPC UA and it was speaking with a controller that was native OPC UA, what would be the information model that would need to be created to implement the, the, the common use cases, et cetera. So it's a, a very long-winded say, way of saying that we were both kind of working on the problem from a couple of different directions. And earlier this um, earlier this, um, this year, we announced that the Fieldcom Group initiative would now become part of the OPC UA FLC organization and the new instrumentation working group would be established within the OPC Foundation to continue and further this work. So, you know, this is an, these are both examples of how you of how organizations in the industry that previously might have competed with each other are now starting to collaborate with one another simply because the you know the complexity of uh, the technology. Um, both at the, you know, down at the field instrument level, as well as up at the systems level and the cloud level is getting, is getting so, um, you know, so, so complicated uh, that you just can't do everything on your own anymore. So a a way to mitigate some of that complexity. So um, how does it, how does a collaboration like this benefit the end user? What efficiencies emerge with the, with these two initiatives we just talked about here? Well, one, well, one, well, in, 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 one, one obvious efficiency and at a very high level is you're not having to make a choice between competing standards. Okay. You know, so, you know, I, in, a, in, a, in an ideal world, you know, there will, there will always be many standards. There will always be many protocols. Um, but at least in, you know, in, in, by, by collaborating on some of these higher level architectures and higher level software systems, um, you're presenting the end user with a simpler with a simpler decision to make. Um, the other thing that we're doing that will also help the end users, and this is particularly true with with PA DIM, um, is we're we're trying to um, implement what we call protocol agnostic communication models. So 
you know, heretofore in a plant, you know, you, you, you might have to know if your pressure transmitter or your, or your Coriolis flow meter was speaking heart or foundation field bus or Profinet or Ethernet IP. You know, with PADIM, if, it, if a device is enabled with PADIM at the higher levels of that software, uh, of the software systems, you know, you don't really care what the protocol is. All that you really care about is the information that the device is presenting. How it's communicating that information to you is, is irrelevant. Because think about it as an IT person who's trying to build an analytics platform or a monitoring platform. He doesn't care what the underlying communication protocol sure. is. He just wants to know what the mass flow rate is and, you know, whether, you know, whether it's deviating from one unit to another and why it might be deviating. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about partnerships here. Um, talk to me about value and, and, and complications with multi-vendor interoperability of, of instrumentation devices like this. Um, are these, you know, emerging more frequently or challenges becoming, you know, less problematic? Um, talk to me about that. Well, you know, <laughs> it's that's a really good question. I, I, I think that as... Um, you know, as the technologies grow and become more complex, obviously the, um, you know, the, the registration and the certification and the testing associated with these products becomes commensurately more complicated. And, you know, thankfully, a big part of the FieldCom group business is test and registration. So, um, we, you know, we, we'd like to think um, that, if a, that if a host system, um, an Emerson host, system that supports FDI technology or an ABB asset management system that also supports FDI technology, if those are being used with instrumentation from any vendor that have that have gone through the test and registration process at FieldCon Group, as have those host systems, you're pretty much, um, you know, you can pretty much be assured that the, you're going to have the multi-vendor interoperability that you need. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I and this is kind of a unique, um, I think this is somewhat unique in the process automation industry and in the operations technology sector as opposed to the IT sector. Um, and, you know, in the IT sector, you're principally, you're principally concerned about, you know, the transport of packets and that the packets are getting from one place to the right, to the other place and in, in, in the right place in the right order. And in, when you get into OT technology where we're dealing with a lot more app, what I call application layer, stuff maybe that's not the, the official formal name for it but where the date you're concerned about what the meaning of the data is and what the meaning of the information is so it's not just that the data is getting there it's a, it's the right data and it's being read correctly by both systems okay interesting um we were just talking about field instrumentation um which is constantly evolving here how is that influencing the larger process automation industry how does that dictate uh, changes in, in approaches there Oh man, that's a that that that, that you know that this you know this is a this is a this can be a book in itself. This is all about <laughs> kind of the the ITOT convergence um, discussion, really, because um, you know previously all of the uh, the process was managed by the OT organization, um, and they were responsible for you know producing you know eighty five thousand gallons of beer a day or something or whatever what, what whatever you're making, and you know the the IT organization really had no had had no influence there, um, but you know what you're seeing now is the the OT and the IT organizations kind of kind of blending, and you need to create come up with 
you know, common languages and, you know, common models for uh, communication like OPC, OPC UA as an example, which is used in both areas so that you can facilitate the transformation or the transfer of data and the digitalization of data from those OT silos into the IT organizations where much more complex analytics and you know machine learning algorithms and, and and other you know monitoring applications and alarming and alerting applications can be implemented than you can maybe in an OT environment. So okay. so you know so the bottom line is it, you know as the as the instrumentation has gotten more complex as the barriers to moving data from one place to another have gotten um, have, have gotten less you know less complex it's kind of facilitating this whole new industry of um, you know of advanced analytics and monitoring and optimization okay so when we're talking about advanced analytics we're talking about you know mountains of data um, that leads yeah. to this question about cloud computing capabilities let's let's switch gears here and talk about that um, topic there give me your take um, private clouds versus public clouds I know this is a discussion um, that is common in your yeah world. What's yeah your take it, there? <laughs> yeah it's you know there's private clouds and there's public clouds and there's which cloud <laughs> you know what cloud right um, yeah. I, I think there's kind of three areas you know what what we've seen in a lot of our a lot of the industries that we serve and I, I keep going back to oil and gas is that you know the folks in oil and gas industry, particularly the closer you get to upstream, where you're where you're doing you know where you're doing drilling and exploration and things like that, the much less likely they are to want to have any of their what they consider to be proprietary information, which is just about everything. Um, they don't want to see any of that available in the in the public domain. So, um, so we'll see large enterprises will be building their own cloud data centers now now who they use and what they use is up to them maybe they're using microsoft azure maybe they're using aws maybe they're using um you know some some of the of the more 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 um sector focused clouds like cumulosity from software ag or something like that mm -hmm. and you know and, and 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 so that's kind of the first point i think a lot of these so so the challenge for for companies like us is to recognize that you know, it's not one single cloud. It's a, you know, it, it, the, the cloud itself is composed of many, many clouds. <laughs> and, you know, so we have to define, define excuse me, we have to define standards um, that will, you know, take that into account and not be tied up to any any single platform. Um, and I, I really don't see a lot of people that are interested a lot of end users other than maybe smaller end users that are interested in 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 public cloud infrastructure um you know that that changes when you get into really wide field SCADA applications where you're dealing or you're going across multiple states and long areas and stuff like that where okay. some of that information might be stored up in up in um up in azure but ultimately i think a lot of the private stuff is going to be um hosted in some enterprise data center somewhere okay Okay. Um, last question for you. I want to. I want to go big picture here. We're talking standards. Um, yeah. We're talking digitalization of these approaches here. Um, what's the interplay there? How is, you know, Industry 4.0 digitalization? How is that changing 
the creation and the adoption of standards and the implementation of standards and, and, and then those standards influencing larger business strategies. Does, do, does, you know, do digital capabilities make standard adoption easier to implement? Does it complicate these efforts? Is it both? What's your take? You know, I, I, I want to go back to collaboration again. And I, and I, and, 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 and I want to give kind of two examples of collaboration. Uh, you know, the first one I've already highlighted, so I'm not going to go into it in detail, but it's the PADM, Process Automation Device Information Standard, which was originally developed by OPC Foundation and Fieldcom Group and right. is now owned by eight organizations. One of those organizations is an end user organization. It's, it's not more. And, you know, heretofore having an end user actually be engaged in the formal development of a standard is, you know, was kind of kind of unheard of. Um, and, 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 but, you know, but that's happening now. And it's, I think, again, it, it speaks kind of to the fact that they want to adopt something and they want to have a lot, a, a, a meaningful voice in what, and what it is that's being built that they can adopt. So, For sure. so, you know, so, and, and then the, the, the other example of collaboration that I want to give that I, I didn't touch on previously is the, the whole collaboration around Ethernet APL, um, which is a new, two-wire power over Ethernet standard that will someday represent a very, very large share of the physical layer that's used to communicate, to, to connect instrumentation to systems. Previously, that type of work would have been done by an IEEE organization and an IET organization and vendors would have, you know, come together and made something. But, you know, in this instance, what happened is, is literally 12 industry partners Companies like Siemens and ABB and Rockwell and Schneider and, and, and Emerson and others would, along with four, the four largest standards organizations, um, so the OPC Foundation, Fieldcom Group, ODVA, and Profibus, Profibus Profinet International, we all formed an, or, a, a kind of a, a joint organization to usher the IEEE physical layer that was being developed into a more well-defined physical layer that would be used could be used in intrinsically safe applications and hazardous areas and things like that mm -hmm. and that is what is the ethernet apl technology so now you've got basically 16 organizations who've, who've collaborated over the last three years to create a new physical layer that promises to be um, the physical layer of the future for process automation systems and instrumentation okay. so and that makes it, you know, that makes it a lot that much easier for end users to make a decision to adopt the technology. We know we've got 16 organizations behind it. And and guess what? It's Ethernet. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so so I don't have to make a decision whether I have I'm having a heart network here and an FF network here and a Profinet network here. It's all Ethernet and you can run your automation protocol over it. So we're trying to make it easier for users. Um, and it's it's challenging because you know it is it is it is challenging to do these collaborative organizations. It's, there's a lot of sweat and effort that behind the scenes that goes into, you know, creating the entities that ultimately work together. But it's well worth it, and I think it's great for the end users in the long run. For sure. And if it's if you don't make it for them to, uh, to readily eagerly adopt it, it's a moot point, anyways, right? I mean, it, it, yeah, right. You know, there's so many standards, but a lot of them aren't adopted. <laughs> Excellent. Paul Sirico with Fieldcom Group, thanks for sharing your insights today on the Remaking Industry podcast. We're thrilled to talk to you.
Excellent. Thank you. And to our listeners, as always, we remind you to go out and make it a smart day.